Well, good morning, everybody. If you don't know me, my name is Peter, and I'm one of the pastors here at City Harvest. And as uh, Skyler said at the very beginning, we are glad that you're all here. And uh, you might think you were dragged here or you were forced to come here. I want to say that it's not an accident that you're here today. And uh, I'm excited for what God is doing and what he's going to do and believe that um, today's gonna be a wonderful day. Couple quick announcements. Um, one, wanted to remind you that uh, tomorrow we have the Celebration of Life service for Christina Kaufman at one o'clock and you're all invited to come to that to celebrate the life of Christina. Also, if you are a parent and you have kids um, that are going into first grade through uh, going into 12th grade this next year. We'll be sending out an uh, email later this week with the camp registrations. We've been having to save the dates, so hopefully you have all the camps on your calendar. Um, but uh, we'll be sending that out for you to register. And we'll actually be doing it through a different um, platform other than the Realm. Skylar was doing a great job at the beginning of the service saying that the Realm is a really good product and um, it works really well. Who here from your experience over the last amount of time would say that you've loved operating on the Realm? Any, any Realm lovers out there? A couple of you? Um, well, we are gonna be moving away from the Realm. Simmer it down, people, people. There is a Realm representative here, so we don't want, no, just joking. Um, but uh, we'll be moving from that to a thing called Church Center, and that'll be the way that we will schedule, the way that we will communicate, the way that uh, all those things will take place, and it appears to be a lot more user-friendly. So, hey, you know what? We gave the Realm a good old shot. Uh, we gave it more than one shot. We gave it a whole bunch, and um, so we'll be switching to that. So the camp registrations will be coming through that platform. Uh, if hopefully, I don't know, Brittany, have we tested it out? Does it do the autofill yet for the kids-ish? Okay, so I'm not gonna market that pro. Um, we'll just let it be what it is. Um, okay, today is Father's Day, if you didn't know that, and uh, so hopefully you got yourself a donut on the way in. Everybody, the donut wasn't just for dads, wasn't just for men, it was for everybody. Everybody gets a donut. Um, all gentlemen, ages 18 on up, uh, make sure you grab some good old beef jerky on your way out today. It is personally my favorite beef jerky. It comes from the classy truck stop Loves, and uh, it's the only place I can find it. So um, if you happen to like it, you gotta drive to a Loves truck stop. There's one between Chehalis and Centralia, or I believe the one is under construction at Troutdale, so you have to keep heading east, I think near Boardman or something, there's another uh, Loves truck stop. But um, they have some of the cleanest bathrooms, and if you don't think they're clean, they actually have a button rating system, and you can do that, but uh, anyway. So every fella, you get yourself, um, uh, um, piece of beef jerky. Uh, ladies, if you are like my wife, I apologize. Um, she's a, I'm not gonna say bitter, cause that'd be wrong. But um, she's wondering why we didn't have beef jerky at the Women's Mother's Day thing. Um, that wasn't my decision, so don't throw the rock at me. Um, 
And then fathers, there is a raffle for you to, a uh, couple, four different raffles for you to put your name in and you get to pick one that you put your name in and so that. Okay, um, if you, we are gonna be opening our Bibles and so if you need a Bible um, and uh, so that you can read along with where we are, we, we don't have the scripture going up on the screen. It's something where we actually wanna do the actual old practice of, it's almost like opening the phone book and, um, and actually looking for the phone number that way. Uh, raise your hand and then the ushers will get you a Bible. So if you need a Bible, raise your hand and then leave it up and then until they get it to you. Um, sometimes it takes a couple minutes, but just leave it up. If your hand gets tired, ask your neighbor to hold it up for you and we'll do that. So today is Father's Day, as I already said. Um, which this day can be a day of celebration for some, and it can be a day of great pain for others, and it can be a day of frustration for some. Um, you know, for me, I, I actually, I am, I got this normally, we have a table up here or sometimes don't have anything up here as far as for notes. I got this old podium. Uh, this was actually the podium from the church I grew up in, and it's the podium that my dad used to preach behind when he would speak. And so, and today I'm wearing, as I have before, some of you, I'm wearing a tie that was his. Um, and I'm lucky to have a dad that was an amazing man, that um, in some ways I have probably in an unhealthy way, we're not gonna get too deep into this, I'm already getting emotional, and you're not here to do psychotherapy on me, okay? So back off. Um, but in some ways, I probably have tried to, whether it was completely God drawing my life towards, his, to, towards the way my dad lived his life, or whether it was me just trying to want to be like my dad, I don't know, and again, we're not talking about that right now. But I have um, definitely, tried to live my life in a lot of ways like my father did. My dad died of cancer when I was 10 years old, as many of you know. Um, and so Father's Day isn't a painful day for me in the sense of I did have a really great father. But it also can be painful on the other hand of having years where my dad wasn't there or just you know the wondering what would it be like if he was here and seeing, um, you know, had he met my wife and could he have met my kids and you know those types of things in a room this size what i know is that there's some people here where you had a pretty good dad you maybe wouldn't make a movie a hallmark movie about his amazingness but he wasn't too shabby others of you you had an amazing dad so amazing that you feel like you've lived in his shadow others your dad was so driven that you've always felt like you couldn't, you couldn't hit the mark. You never could reach his, his satisfaction. Some of you, your father inflicted great pain on you. And just the idea of Father's Day, even right now, brings pain. Others of you don't even know who your dad was. He left, you feel abandoned by your earthly father. Some of you, the person that you thought was your father later on in life through maybe someone finally you know, felt like they could tell you or whatever the circumstances, you find out that the person that you thought was your biological father isn't your biological father. 
There's all sorts of things, questions, wondering, why didn't my dad love me? Why is my dad so hard on me? Why is my dad so perfect and I struggle in all these things? Why was my dad always so angry? So we can go through it in that way. And there's no way for me to address a message or to talk to something that would bring us all together when thinking about our earthly fathers. You might be in here and you're thinking about your own shortcomings as a dad. You have children that don't want to talk to you because maybe something you did or didn't do. Maybe you're in here and you never had children. And so that sparks up something. So we're all different in that. But the one thing that we are all the same in is that God is a good father. He truly is a perfect father. I can tell you from my own experience that God has been an amazing dad to me. I once preached the message that I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. One of the parts in it was talking about how what I would have asked for was to have a dad, that he would have been healed of cancer and he would have been in my life, my whole life. So I didn't get what I asked for, but I got everything I hoped for. God brought a whole bunch of different people in my life who, who helped me and encouraged me and, and strengthened me in that way. So. We're actually not doing a Father's Day message, but I want to address just this idea. In a sense, let's call it the elephant in the room. But that in the reality of whatever it is you and, you and I have experienced in our personal lives, that doesn't change who he is. It doesn't change his goodness. It doesn't change whether or not he loves you because he will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never abandon you. He is always, always, always there for you. So God, I just ask that as we open up our Bibles and read your word, that one, our minds would be open to read your word afresh. Even if it's a story or a portion of scripture that we've read a whole bunch of times, that we wouldn't just go into autopilot because we're so used to driving down this street that we can just kind of zone out. But God, that the words would jump out at us. Lord, you know where each one of us is at and what we need right now, what we're calling out to you for. God, I pray that beyond even my words, what they would hear is from you, that you would speak directly to every person in this room. So God, we say this is your time. We continue just allowing you to do what only you can do. Lord, that you would have your way, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we, uh, on this back wall here, we have what we call kind of like our culture banner, and it has our vision, and then it also has our purpose. Um, our vision is living our identity and purpose in Christ, and that our hope is that that's what we want to see every single person. We want everyone to be able to come in and taste and see that God is good. And by tasting and seeing that God is good, that we would realize who he says you and I are. Because there's so many other voices that speak to us. There's our insecurities that mess with us. There's our mistakes that haunt us. There's our failures that trip us up. There's our ambitions that can distract us. There's all sorts of things 
but we want to realize who does God say we are? Our identity. Who does he say we are? And then from that place of knowing who we are, that we would walk in confidence in our purpose. Why, why are we even on this earth? What does he want to do in us? And what does he want to do through us? And for that to take place, we have what we believe are the purposes, which are to be with God, to walk with Jesus, to love others, and to go with Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is we've been reading in the book of Acts, and uh, we kind of actually started at the end of the Gospels and looking at the, the life of Christ and his death, burial, his resurrection, when he was, came back with the disciples, the, the charge to go into all the world, and then, but to stay in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. Then we see here in the book of Acts is the church is beginning to start. How does this apply to us is that we still are the early church. We still have the same call is on us that was on them to go into all the world, to share the gospel. Now, does that mean that you, you alone have to go everywhere? No, it's like the old drop in the water and how the ripples go as we affect one, it affects others. What we're supposed to do is be on mission, where we see every, everything we do, we're looking for, Lord, how can I represent you? How can I walk in my identity in this situation? And how can I step out in the purpose that you placed on my life? So we're, today, we're looking at Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7. In this time, it's a, it's a story of a, the, the main focus is on a man named Stephen, um, and spoiler alert, if you haven't gotten to it, basically what's taking place is the disciples, quick summary of it, the disciples are needing more people, the church is growing, they need more people to help, they, they pick seven people to come in, Stephen's one of them, one day he's there preaching, people are amazed by what he's doing and the power of God working through him, some people get upset with him, just like they got upset with Peter and John, just like they got upset with Jesus, and so they make up a, a lie, and so so that he can get, um, uh, so that they can get rid of him in a sense. And he ends up being stoned to death. But his last words are, God, don't hold this against them. And so we're going to look at what happened in his life and in this, this small little window of his life and how that applies to us. So as we do this, um, we're going to read these four different parts of the scripture I'm going to tie it to one of the four purposes, to be with God, to walk with Jesus, to love others, and to go with Holy Spirit. I'm going to throw out a question to consider, the four questions as we go through. One is, what is God calling you, you, you into? What is he calling us into? Second one, what does our face reveal? Our face, what does it reveal? Do you know the story of God? And then are you able to love and forgive those persecuting you? That last one's super easy. Um, but when we face opposition, are we able to love and forgive them? I'm kind of trying to tie this into culture versus kingdom. The two ways, and again, as we talk about the kingdom, it's the kingdom of heaven. As we talk about culture, we're not talking about everybody outside. We're talking about the culture, the way you and I naturally think outside of the kingdom of God. What are the, the things that we think in our own selfish mindset, in our own protective mindset, in our own um, ambition mindset? What are we drawn to? And so looking at the contrast of those two. So here we go. Um, 
Let's start in uh, chapter 6. So Acts chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to read verse 1 through 7. So we're tying this in with be with God. You can put the, Jerry, you got the be with God one up there. Be with God and love him with all we have and all we are through a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, Bible meditation and study, worship, Sabbath rest, and delight. Why is that important? Because as we're with God and as we choose to be with him in that way, we're allowing him to come change us and mold us to look different, to act different. So Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Ladies and gentlemen, even in the early church, as things grew, people got frustrated. They complained, they began to gossip, and they began to get frustrated. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. The right side of the room complained about the left side of the room. The people that show up early got frustrated with the people that came in late. The, I'll stop there. But, the, or, or, you know, the young and the old, the old and the young, whatever it is, there can be those tensions. So the, the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we, the apostles, so this is the 12 apostles. Judas obviously is not there any longer. Matthias replaced him. The 12 apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers select seven men who are all well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom, well-respected by other people, full of the Spirit, and from being full of the Spirit, have wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parneas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So here we see these men. Now, why were they selected? I believe a lot of why they were selected is because they spent time with God. They were well-respected, they were full of the Spirit, and they were full of wisdom. We don't get that on our own. We don't get that just by deciding today, you know what, gosh darn it, I'm going to be well-respected. <laughs> and you know, today I'm going to be full of wisdom. That's not something that we just turn on. We can't even read a book about how to become well-respected. It is something that takes place as we walk in who God has called us to be, then that is something that happens as people watch our lives, observe our lives, and we step out in that. In the seat in front of you, unless you're in the front row, so you're just going to have to put your hand back, is a card, if you would pull out that card. There's no prize that goes with this. You have not won anything. All you've been given is a chore. Yep, a chore. You know, on a practical note, 
there are a lot of needs even here in City Harvest and people that call City Harvest their home. On that card are, is a place for you to put your name and a place for you to write down um, kind of on the note section. I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you as a team on if there are areas where you in seeing needs that you would like to get involved in. So here's this need that as the church grew and as it multiplied, there was a need with uh, feeding the widows. Well, there's a lot of needs in today's society, a lot of ways where we can get in and help. And each need is important. It needs to be um, needs to be met. And so if that's something where as we go through this message or even in the next couple weeks, if something comes into your mind in a way where you would like to say, hey, this is a, a, a gift I have, this is an ability I have, this is a resource I have, and I would like to help people in this way, then write that down and we'll keep track of that and know that you know, when those situations come, we can, we can ask and, and let you know. Also, wanna remind you that if you ever have a need, you have a prayer request or something that um, you're going through and you need help, the best way to let us know is to write that down and put it in one of those boxes uh, at the worship stations and put it in there so that then we can, we can reach out to you, we can support you and help you out in that way. So there's, I think, also some pins on a couple of the chairs, so you can grab those, fill them out. We would love to hear from you in how you believe God is saying for you to step up and to be a, a helper, uh, to, to help those in need. So question is, what is God calling you into? What is he calling you into? A lot of times we look at our own talents and we hold them down compared to someone else's. We think, you know, Skylar's singing voice like an angelic, I don't know, whatever, um, something angelic, uh, that, you know, well, I don't compare to that. So, you know, my, I, I, I'm a mechanic. What's that? You know, what can I do with that? I, I'll just tell you that I haven't met many honest mechanics, so I can guarantee you, if you put that you're a mechanic down on that card, there's a lot of people that could use help from you. You could say, you know, I just, um, you know, I'm an accountant. Well, you know, as Skyler said, he's never had a checkbook, so I don't know if he's ever balanced one or not because he's never had one. So he could use your help, okay? There's, um, you know, well, I've, I've, you know, man, all I did was, pretty much stayed at home and raised my children. Well, there's a lot of people having their first kid that are struggling with their first kid and could use wisdom on how to raise children and how to work with them without, how to guide someone without breaking the spirit of their child and the personality that God gave them and, and, and their strengths and their weaknesses and to help do it. So there is no small thing. Every one of us has value. Every one of us has been called to something and God wants us to step into it. Culture says we should do it on our own. Make your own way. Fix your own problem. As you go about it, your, your accomplishments are for your own gain. To, to hold on to them and, and to do that. The kingdom says that we team up and we care for one another. We take care of one another. That everything I get in possessions and resources isn't just so I can pack it into my garage and into my storage unit and I can hide it away for, for another day. I need to live my life, but God gives me resources so that I can be a blessing. And he's calling each one of us to be a blessing. All right, Acts chapter six, 
verse 8 through 15, walk with Jesus. We walk with Jesus by surrendering ourselves fully, fully. <laughs> by surrendering ourselves fully in obedience to the Father's will for our lives each day to allow the fruits of the Spirit to become abundant in us. So we're surrendering ourselves in obedience to the Father's will for our lives each day so that the fruits of the Spirit become abundant in us. Right? Acts chapter 6, verse 8 through 15. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. So this wasn't because he was so amazing. It was the power of Holy Spirit in him. But one day some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started a debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. Isn't that amazing? That it wasn't just, it, but it wasn't just his learned knowledge. It was the wisdom and the power of Holy Spirit through him. That same power is in you and I. And God will show himself faithful as he asks us to step out. So they persuaded some men to, to lie about Stephen, saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law, so they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. What I say we're reading through? Verse 15. The lying witness said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. That might just seem like a little phrase, but that was a big old deal back then. Basically, they were coming up with the most, the biggest thing they could come up with so that everybody would turn against him. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. So in this, what does your face reveal? When you walk into a room, when you begin talking, what does your face reveal? I have a problem that my face reveals what I'm thinking. <laughs> now, I have a misbelief, if that's the right way to say it, that I believe I can tell my face to look different than I'm thinking. <laughs> but the only person that I fool is myself. <laughs> Our face reveals something. It reveals what we're worrying about. It reveals what we're feeling. Now, that doesn't mean that if you look in the mirror and you don't have a smile, that you're bad. Many of us, even right in this moment, you're going through something that's really hard to smile about. It's really difficult. But the idea is, as we begin to talk about who Christ is in our life, is there, is there such a love that we have for Jesus that it begins to shine? Something where others would look and say, there is something different about you. Because it's God coming out of us. It's Jesus being reflected through us. 
as this walk with Jesus by surrendering ourselves fully in obedience. At the end, it says to allow the fruits of the Spirit to become abundant in us. And also in abundance means it's revealed, it's seen. We can see it. You know, in culture, a lot of times what, can, what people can see is maybe our love for our hobbies. You know, you can tell a lot by the way someone dresses, what their hobbies are, what they love to do. Maybe it's their favorite team that, uh, you know, they're always wearing their team attire. And that is what is always evident. It could be politics, their political stance. You know, what is, what is your car shining? Here's a question. What is, what is your social media shining? What is your, what is your attire shining? But really, what does it portray? So it could be hobbies, it could be teams, it could be politics, it could be social status. We dress a certain way to look a certain way. Today, I got for Father's Day, I washed my feet so they don't smell, and we got good circulation. I got a pair of Birkenstock clogs. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Um, I grew up in Humboldt County, California, and it's full of hippies, and Birkenstocks was always a big thing down there. And uh, I wore them um, kind of out of high school and stuff. Never actually had the clogs. Uh, they didn't really fit in when I was a teenager because the only pe people that wore clogs there were actually like doctors and stuff. And actually today, I took a, a photo, had Tamar take a photo, I put a stethoscope on. I've always liked to dress up in outfits. <laughs> But I put a stethoscope on and then I sent it to my family thread that I am dressing up as a Humboldt County physician today. And because this is what a physician would have worn when I was growing up. Um, social status. So, you know, it could be I want to dress because I, I want my status. I want to look like a hippie physician. And that could be the status that I'm trying to achieve. And so I dress a certain way so that you think I'm something that maybe I'm not. Because I'm trying to fill a need inside of me. I'm trying to present myself to be something that I'm not. It could be a person of confidence, etc. So there's all these different things that it can be that end up shining because they take precedent, they take priority over what it is that God says about us. In Galatians chapter 5, this is the kingdom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. I'll read it to you. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So this is what comes out as we really walk with Jesus. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do our lives shine those things? I'll tell you right now, I'm trying to work on two of these. I've been working on joy for a long time, and I, I don't know. I just do not feel like I'm gaining any traction. I mean, any traction. But by golly, I'm going to keep working on it. The other one is peace. I want to operate from a place of peace more. I want to pray from a place of peace. I want to communicate from a place of peace. I don't want to communicate from a place of anxiousness and, and like where you guys leave here tense, like, oh my gosh, that was like, ah, like what was happening in there? 
no, I want to be at a place of peace. I want to lead meetings from a place of peace. I want to lead and parent my children from a place of peace. But you know what? That's, only, that's not going to come because I try to force it to come. It comes because I choose to walk with Christ. And from there, love will come, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what is it that our face is shining? Let's go to, um, we're not going to read um, Acts chapter 7, 1 through 53, but uh, <laughs> we're going to skip it a little bit. It's still good word. It is God's word, and it's faithful, and there's a lot of good things in it, and that is for you to go back and study it. Um, but this section, go with Holy Spirit. Go with Holy Spirit in power and on mission by sharing the gospel, the good news, making disciples, and planting churches globally. So in this portion of scripture, Stephen has been brought before them, and they, they ask him, just like they did Jesus, is it true that you say you're going to, that, 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 you know, well, they asked Jesus, are you going to tear down the temple? Here they're saying, did you really say this? And instead of defending himself, he gives them, he goes on the offensive, and he begins to give them um, kind of a history lesson. He starts with Abraham. And he begins to talk about how God chose a certain people that he wanted to reveal himself to all the nations. And he goes through Abraham's sons and he, he gets to Joseph and he gets to Joseph going to Egypt. And then he, he goes into the part about how the, the Israelites are there for, for hundreds of years as slaves in Egypt. And then how Moses is called and brought to bring freedom to them, to take them from bondage to freedom. They go into the desert on this, on this trek to find freedom. And in that, now God has said, you are my chosen people. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to draw you unto myself because I want to dwell with you and I want you to dwell with me. And then he starts talking about, though, through it, how now, ever since that time, there was always an issue with the Israelites rebelling against God and turning away from them. Even though his presence was there, even though he said the amazing things he wanted to do in and through them, they still rebuilt a lot like you and I. God loves us. He wants to dwell with us, and he has amazing things he wants to do in and through us. But still, we can do things on our own. But then they had the temple and the, the tabernacle, and, and so he's talking about how the tabernacle and going all the way through, and then he, he goes up through David. But he gives the example and, and talks about how, though, God doesn't, isn't limited to that. That is just a structure, that God is in us. And he begins to speak all these things. Question is, do we know God's story? Do we know God's story? Do we know the word? Not do you have the whole book memorized, but do you understand the objective, what God wanted to do? That's why we went through the whole bondage and freedom series is that God is, he wants to dwell with us and he's trying to take us out of ourselves and our situations and he's trying to draw you and I to him so that we can become more like him and find peace and find rest in him. But you and I are always pulling away from that and trying to do it on our own. And then we wonder why we're exhausted. We wonder why 
we're always so tired and, and worn out and why things aren't happening because God's trying to draw us to him so we do it in him. In culture, we know our own story. We wanna promote ourselves. We wanna talk about ourselves. We wanna talk about our achievements. We wanna talk about it so much that we embellish them and we change them to, to look better. In the kingdom, we know his story. We know what he's trying to do globally, but what he's trying to do in each one of us. What does he wanna do in and through you? All right, the last one, Acts chapter seven, we're gonna read this together. Verse 54 through 60. Acts chapter seven, verse 54 through 60. This one is love others. Love others like the Father has loved us radically and wholeheartedly through a lifestyle of honor, forgiveness, mercy, hospitality, and authenticity and community. Man, how amazing that would be. Just think of that. If we truly loved others, not in a forced way, but in a learned way that we experience from our Heavenly Father. So it's already there. It's already being displayed to you and I. We're just being asked to love others the way that God already loves us, radically and wholeheartedly, through a lifestyle of honor, forgiveness, mercy, hospitality, and authenticity in community. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations. They shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look. I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now these people he's talking to were all involved in seeing Jesus crucified. So they're not too excited. I mean, this is blasphemy. This is wrong. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. This reminds me of like a kindergarten class gone wrong. They rushed. Anybody here ever do that? Like when you're younger, you put your, like your parent was trying to tell you something or teacher and you didn't want to hear it. So you just put your hands over your ears and then you make a whole bunch of noise so it drowns out their noise. I don't want to know if you've done that recently. I just said when you were a kid. <laughs> they rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at a at the feet of a young man named Saul. This person becomes Paul, who ends up writing the majority of the New Testament and plants churches all over the place, and we reference all the time. It'll be great looking at that here in the next couple weeks, but one of the most important things there is it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Here he is holding the coats of the men that are about to stone another man. Stone him to death. And yet, God still says, you're my son. I have a plan for you. I want to call you into something. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, 
Don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Can you picture that? I don't want you to really picture you throwing stones at me because it might bring you too much joy or I don't know. But they, as they stoned him, he's standing there and he's saying, Lord, receive my spirit. I can kind of get that part. If I knew that I was outnumbered there, I couldn't run anywhere. There's nothing I could do. I mean, I would really be crying out like, Lord, take me now. Like, I don't need to feel any more rocks. Like, I, 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 felt, I felt enough of them. These are starting to really hurt. Could you just take my spirit now? The sooner, the better. The quicker, the easier. Lord, I don't want to feel this anymore. I get that. But then it says he fell to his knees. I don't think it was just an act of worship and just surrender as you and I might do during a praise set and we get up front and we just want to be on our knees. No, this is, this is out of anguish. This is out of being beaten. This is out of gruesome, a gruesome situation taking place. And then from here, he didn't just pray, but he shouted, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. His last thing as he has being pelted and probably is, is feeling the most pain he's ever felt. Isn't just, Lord, take me and try to help them realize how wrong they were. But his Lord, don't even charge them for what they're doing. God, don't punish them for what they're doing. I don't know about you, I remember as a kid, don't want to admit it, but even as an adult, there have been times where some people bothered me. I can tell you what, they weren't physically stoning me, they just bothered me. And I was a tad bit excited to see them go through some consequences. Okay? But here this man, he's being stoned to death. And his cry is, God, don't hold this against them. That doesn't come from us. That didn't come from him. That came from a walk, a life surrendered to God. That came from a man who was with God on a daily basis. That came from a man who would walk with Jesus on a daily basis. That came from a man who chose to love others that came from a man who would go with Holy Spirit. And you and I are being called to that same thing. So are we able to love and forgive those persecuting us? If the praise team would come forward and ushers, if you guys would come place the, the communion elements on the tables you know, in culture, we defend. In culture, we judge. In culture, we want to see evil be punished. Now, I'm not a complete pathicist. Pa Did I say that right? That one. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not, because I can't even say it. You know, there was a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. I know we're not supposed to talk about movies at church, so, um, but it's a good movie. I liked it. <clears throat> But I'm sure there's some naughty parts in it, so don't judge me if you go watch it. 
But in this movie, it's a true story of a guy who, because of violence between his parents and rage inside of him to want to kill his dad for beating his mom, decided that he never would want to touch a weapon because he almost shot his dad. World War II is going on and he decides to enlist and just be a medic because he wanted to go and he wanted to be part of, of the war and he wanted to contribute his part, but he didn't want to carry a gun. In boot camp and basic training, he's, he's forced, they keep trying to force him that he has to get rifle certified. He says, why do I need to be rifle certified? I, I, I don't plan on doing anything with a weapon. I just want to help people. So they make everything. He gets, he gets totally bullied and punked and all these different things take place. They try to court-martial him and get him out of there. Through it, though, he's, he's in a battle. True story. Where everybody had retreated. It's in the Pacific conflict. Everyone had retreated because of the way the battle was going and they had actually left dead up on this ridge and the only way up the ridge was this, was this rope ladder. They would get, hit the beach and they would go up this rope ladder. But they were just getting shot to pieces up there. And through this, he, just, he starts, everyone has retreated and he begins to find people that are alive and tie a rope to them and then let him down this, this cliff. I don't remember, historian Bob, do you remember how many people it was? 75? We'll go with that. Sounds like a great number. It was a lot of people. It was more people than you would think. But it did something in me. It woke, it, it did something in me where I joke about not being complete, but there's this part where what I know, and I'm not putting this on anybody, what I know for myself, I mean, because there are wars and there are things that need to be taken care of. But it did something in me to know what am I called to do? What is the role that I'm supposed to play? And I know if there is something going on, I know what my role is that I'm supposed to play. And I believe that God is calling us each to something. And in culture, there's this thing that we have to defend. We judge. We want to see evil punished. And yes, people, people need to be jailed if they're not going. I'm not getting into that. But what I'm talking about is an attitude of heart. There's a difference in paying a consequence for a, mis, for a sin or something you did that's different than the way I judge you or the way you judge me or the way I judge my neighbor. Because Jesus doesn't look at me and say, you, you said you were going to get up and pray with me and you didn't. So I hope today is a rotten day for you. <laughs> That's not what he's doing. He's trying at all times to call me to him. But why is it when someone lets me down, I hope they have a rotten day? Not exactly. Don't judge me on this, but I think you're getting the point. In culture, we have a hard time forgiving. In the kingdom, love and forgiveness always come first. Jesus is at his table. Today, we're not just coming to get a cracker and juice and take communion. I was thinking about that today that I don't like it when I say that. Because really what we're doing, we're not taking communion. We're coming to the Lord's table. I know it's semantics. 
But there's something that I want us to picture today is that we're coming to the Lord's table. Jesus is inviting you and I to come to his table. And he's not saying, get perfect, fix all your problems, stop messing up in that way. He's saying, I love you. And I just want you, man, buddy, I just want you to come sit next to me. Will you come to my table? Will you come sit with me? As you sit down, puts his hand on your shoulder and he says, I know, I know what's happened to you. It is awful. There aren't words to describe the pain you had to go through. And I know how you feel about that person, but I don't want you to be held in bondage by how you feel about that person. What I want you to do is I want you to accept my love and forgiveness for you. And as you do, I want you to offer love and forgiveness to those in your life. Don't drink the poison and hope someone else dies. Accept my love, accept my forgiveness. That doesn't mean that, that consequences don't need to happen. We're not talking about consequences. We're talking about our heart and our mind. So today, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know who it is for you. It could be your father. It could be a relative. It could be a friend. It could be a spouse. It could be a child. It could be a boss. I don't know. What's my heart for today? My heart is that you and I come in and we taste and see that God is good. My heart is that we open the word and we allow it to start changing our mindset. My heart is that as we sing, we surrender ourselves to God and exalt him bigger than us. My heart for this moment is that we take whatever it is, we ask Holy Spirit, where is my unforgiveness? Where am I holding back love? There's someone in my mind that I don't know why, I was telling tomorrow, I don't know why they have such a grip. Don't worry, they don't go to the church, so therefore it's not you. But they have a, this individual, man, I am, they're in my psyche and it's messing me up. I wake up and I'm thinking about the situations. I go to bed and I'm thinking about the situations. I'm the one that's being bound by it. I want to let go of it and let God be God. So we stand to your feet if you're able. We're going to sing and... Betty, will you just let um, Maggie know, I don't know if Maggie's in here, but just to let the Celebration kids know that we might go a couple minutes past. We're gonna sing a song. What I, want, what I would ask that you do is that you would just offer yourselves to God. Say, Lord, I wanna accept, and if you've never done this in your entire life, this is an opportunity to say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you fully. I want to give you control. I want to turn from my selfish ways, and I want to turn and start following your ways. God, I need to be saved from myself. Lord, I need you to come and rescue me. But whatever's going on in your life that you would ask God, what is it that he's saying, I want you to forgive that person? You don't have to walk out of this place still bound by what that individual did to you. 
It doesn't change whether or not it happened. It doesn't change whether or not there should be consequences for what they did. What changes is what's inside of you. And that when you're ready, you come up and you take the elements, the cracker that represents the broken body, the juice that represents the shed blood, and you're going to take it on your own. No one's going to tell you how to take it. No one's going to tell you when to take it. But when you take it, you're saying, Jesus, right now I'm accepting that you died and paid the penalty for my failures. As I accept your forgiveness and your love for my life, I want to free these, this one individual or these multiple people of the unforgiveness that I've placed on them. Lord, help me forgive them. Help me release some of it. I don't want to be bound to that anymore. Lord, I ask that right now you would search us. You would show us what are those things. I'm just going to say something real quick because I don't want to then disrupt how this goes. If you're on the prayer team, after you have had a chance to pray, I want to invite you to come up and stand under the signs. If you need prayer today for healing, maybe you're really struggling with this forgiveness thing and you need someone to agree with you in prayer. What I ask is that you first pray yourself with God. And then two, you come and take communion and then you go to the prayer teams. But we're just gonna let this kind of happen and here in a little bit, you can, we're gonna dismiss. Don't forget your beef jerky fellas. Fathers, don't forget the raffles. Parents, don't forget your children. But I just want to, I don't want to, I don't want to rush if you're here and this is something where God really wants to do something. I don't want to interrupt that. So that's why I'm saying this now. But let's just kind of fill this place with just, Lord, come and have your way. And then as you need to go, go and don't feel bad about being in the lobby and enjoying yourself. But if you need to stay in here and allow God to do something, then let's do that.